Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Mara with Bob. Uh, welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. Dot com. Bob is with us today from, I believe, Santa Fe. Is that right? Actually, I'm Hello, in Bob? Albuquerque, but I'm oh, here. Are you waiting to fly away? Yes, we can hear you. Yes, we're waiting are to you fly waiting away to... in a little while. Oh, okay, great. Listen, Bob, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing this week? I heard it was kind of hectic. Oh, it was a hectic week. Actually, we didn't even get time to talk this morning because of my hecticness, so. Yes, go ahead. I know, and your cell phone is just about ready to run out. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. Yeah. It could run out at any time. <laughs> and that happened as a result of my being rushed and hurried all week. And, you know, what I've tried to do is not pass blame on anyone uh, for for being late this week and rushed and forgetting to turn the water off in my pool and leaving out of town for the weekend and forgetting my cell phone charger. So it's just been one of those weeks where I think yeah, I have to look into myself and, and say what's the lesson learned is to be more patient with myself and others around me and not be as judgmental and, and not pass blame as, as one of the passages that you used for meditation a couple of weeks ago is that Blame doesn't solve problems, and it sure doesn't solve problems when you blame someone else for for you rushing around and forgetting to bring your cell phone charger. It is only your fault, and or only my fault, I should say. So, and in you know, the end, yes. <laughs> <laughs> good and in the end, the water got that. turned off, right? <laughs> in the end, the water got turned off. A friend went to the house and turned the water off, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe the, the grass around the pool needed that water. <laughs> <laughs> a little chlorine oxidation. Uh, I was trying to look it at oxygenation. <laughs> yeah, they've got a little chlorine in it. I um, you know, the funniest thing I under- about it is that yes. the the first of May we went on water restrictions in Austin. <laughs> oh, and what do no. I do? The second of May, I <laughs> I turn the water on and leave it on for a day. <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't the sprinkler system. Then I would have been in trouble. This but. is true. This is true. Although water consumption is measurable, so they will know that somewhere, somehow, exactly. <laughs> uh, you've exceeded your allotment. I, I know um, it's amazing how there are, there are so many rules that we are are caught within. Uh, today's topic, by the way, folks, for those of you who are uh, new to us, this is Bob and Mara. Bob is in New Mexico. I'm in Sacramento, California. We do this program once a week together on Sundays at 9 o'clock, and we encourage you please to rate us uh, because obviously that helps us uh, get recognition from the powers that be. But most importantly, we encourage you to listen to us and to call in. The phone number is 646-595-3584. And uh, today's topic is Naked and Enough. Uh, it will be interesting as we move through this conversation because I will tell you, I also, like Bob, have had a week that has been amazing. Uh, I have uh, received challenges from unexpected places, excuse me, (coughs) and in turn uh, ended up quite probably opening myself up to being sick. And I think I'm on the way to recovery today by breathing, which is one of the key components that Bob and I talk about is breathing connecting, recognizing that we are all one with the universe. The other thing uh, that uh, we do or I do on Friday mornings normally, but this week I missed, is we do a weekly meditation. And from that meditation, we ask people to meditate on a passage from a book that I wrote in collaboration with God, or I should say God wrote in collaboration with me. And every time you hear the word love from Bob and I, please know that we are generally referring to God. And when those words are interchangeable, we believe that the revolution of love will in fact start moving around our planet and we will become softer with one another. 
The program on uh, Friday did not go forward because I, I was ill. And so uh, we're going to meditate two weeks, which is interesting, on the same passage as we did last week. And that passage reads, you know what, I believe it is, um, you are never alone. Fear hides the light. You are never alone. You are never forgotten. You are of the Divine One's body. Trust in the Divine One. Trust you are loved. And it sounds like Bob and I have had a little bit of a week dealing with that. I will be frank with you. Uh, Fear has certainly blinded the light for me on occasion this week and at one point before I became ill my mind was so busy rushing through the what ifs could be's and might be's that I forgot that I was a divine being inside a human form I kept saying the right words but somehow I was not finding any peace and so that happens for all of us many times and at some point something will generally bring us to a place where we stop, breathe, and remember that everything is just the way it's supposed to be in order for each of us to be all we can be. Sometimes we are the teachers in life and sometimes we are the students. So what do you think, Bob? Are you ready to start leading us through a meditation for um, breathing exercise? Oh, I am. I am. I think we all we all need a good breathing exercise today. It sounds like at least you and I do. Can't speak for absolutely. everyone else. Absolutely, I will like tell after you. After our week, we need it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think I have forgotten this week a lot to breathe. I've just been so busy and running around. And as I told you right before the show started, when we got online, that it's one th- one of my pet peeves is being late. And just yeah. all week I seem to have been late, working late. And I and I always work late, but working later than I usually do, which would put me in a situation to be late for another engagement and and forget things because of that instead mm-hmm. of stopping and taking those moments to take three deep breaths. Had I, mm-hmm. looking back, you know, had I taken those three deep breaths, I would have turned that pool water off and I would have grabbed my charger and I would have, there was, there was a list of four things that I needed to do. But... <clears throat> Hindsight is retrospect, right? <laughs> so Always. We'll, we'll, we'll remember now that you know, my lesson for the week is just stop and take those three breaths, even as hectic as it might be. Live in the moment, which <clears throat> oh, perfect. is exactly. so I mean, hard to do sometimes. That's all we have. Yeah, that's exactly. all we have. Live, live right today. We, we went to, we were here in New Mexico this weekend on a really quick trip, and we, other than to see friends of ours, we came out to see George Lopez and last night. And you know, he's he's a comedian, but he also had some really good things to, to for people to think about and to to do with their life. And you know, basically saying, hey, live your life to the fullest when you're young, and live live life like it's not going to be there tomorrow, and live in the moment. And he really was saying that, but in a way, of, you know, making it all comedic. And mm-hmm. making people laugh, but kept kept reminding everybody, you know, do things when you're young. You don't know what's gonna what's down the road for you. So if it's something you want to do, do it now, and live life to its fullest. So and do that I it was continuously. Exactly. I think if you develop a habit, a life habit of living life fully, then ideally that will follow you as you age. And it doesn't, then it doesn't matter how old you are. What matters is that you are living your life fully. When, when I was, um, I was, because I was in bed, I watched one of these television court shows. Who knows? Only lawyers can explain why we're drawn to all this, this law drama when we live in it our day, all day long. <laughs> but, so I'm watching this TV court program and, uh, I, I don't even know what judge it is, but it was so funny because a mother was suing, or daughter was suing her mother for a cell phone bill. 
And as you're listening there, you know, you understood that mom probably should pay for the cell phone bill. But that got lost in all of the discussions about what mom, who is this, you know, nearly 70-year-old woman is doing with her life. She lives in Texas. Um, she believes that she can survive, so periodically she'll just go off and live on with nature. She is a uh, shark fisherman, fisherwoman, so she will. she's a member of a shark group, and they will go shark fishing. And she just went on and on and on discussing her life adventures. One time her daughter said, well, one time I saw her on Cops. And she goes, no, 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 that was a lookalike. That wasn't me. And the daughter says, oh, no, it was you. I know it was you because the person on Cops had on the same jewelry as you wear, as I've made for you, handmade. No one else has jewelry like this, and you wear it all the time. And the mother, the mother is pretty much looking in her hand saying, oh, my, okay, caught. You know, but this woman, <laughs> I know, it was hysterical. But she wanted her to continue. And, in fact, the judge uh, said to her, you know, what you really need to do, it was a female judge but not Judge Judy, what you really yeah, need to Judge do Judy is. I don't think Judy would have let them give that much information. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. But she said, what you really need to do is like write this down, write your memoirs down. Because here is an example of a woman who is truly living her life to the fullest. And now she's in her 70s. So uh, I agree that when you're young, you should live your life, but you should continue to do that. Developing habits of living life. We we so right, often keep you, it will keep you young at heart and keep you alive and feeling, not feeling seventy years old, but feeling twenty years yeah. old. Yeah, yeah, My mom says that all the time. She's seventy six, and she says, uh, "I'm never getting old." Well, you know, uh, that's nice. That's that's a good thought. And she runs around with her her great great her great grandchildren. And, you know, chases them and plays soccer and does all sorts of fun things because she's got a mindset about how she wants to approach the moment. And I think that's wonderful. I I, I truly, truly uh, respect that. I do. So now, Bob, um, can you lead us then as we're now going to breathe in a breathing meditation? In case you all haven't caught on, I am managing the switchboard today, which in itself may be a humorous thing. (laughs) So far, so good. Yeah, well, I tried to play some music behind Bob earlier called True Self by DSL, because it's just a beautiful piece of music, but... I don't know. It just did it. it. I had it down to like 18% or something, and Bob sounded like he might feel like he needed to scream. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's kind of a fun thing here being at the helm at the switchboard. And I found some great music today that we're going to listen to that's a collaboration between Rudy Tanzi and Andrew Yo called um, Quiet Mind Project. Just beautiful, beautiful music. And the first piece that we'll listen to after Bob finishes taking us through the breathing exercise will be Balinese Moonrise. Balinese Moonrise by Quiet Mind Project, which is really the combined works of Rudy Tanzi and Andrew Yo. So, uh, Bob, if you could uh, take us through the breathing exercise. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, just want to say thank you to everyone for being here. Thanks to everyone who listens. Thank you to the universe for everything and for keeping us all together and helping to remind us that we are all one and that we are all enough. And I'd like to start out the breathing exercise with the centering exercise from How to Pray Without Being Religious by Janelle Moon. And there... And to start that, let's all just close our eyes as we listen to this today and and focus upon the words and focus and think about whatever comes to your mind today as we go through this centering exercise. Think about it and make it something that you think about all week and that you meditate upon. I believe something's going to come to every one of us that that we need to concentrate on for the week. There is a seed in you that is your center 
It is your spiritual center and is the place where your love sprouts and grows. It lies in the heart, in the deepest place of your being, where love is never-ending. It is the place where love can find protection. Love can find its root. Love can find its wings to grow. This is your center. This is the place in you that holds heart with harmony. This is the place in which you matter. From your heart you are centered. You are in a green, growing place of love. Love starts with you and shines its face on you. Love loves you. Love spreads to your neighbors, to the world. You are centered. You are love. You are centered in the wonder of love. As you sit with your eyes closed, let's think of ourselves as as a new seedling in the ground. And as we take in deep breaths through our feet, think of that air oxygenating your body pulling in all the positive energy of the earth, pulling it in through your legs and up into your middle body and throughout your system, throughout your organs, the new oxygen, cleaning and detoxing your body, making you feel whole, making you feel well, feel the cleansing, healing oxygen flowing through your body, Breathing in deeply, deeply, deeply as you pull that air in. You feel your lungs about to burst because you've taken air in to all of the air sacs, the air sacs that haven't seen air for a while. Pull in all the air that you can. And as you do that and you exhale that air, let it flow over the top of your head and down your back and push that energy all of the negative energy that you have may have in your body out of your body and back into the earth and let all of the air out all the air exhale as deep as much as you can and allow all of the oxygen to come out of your lungs and all of the stale air that may have been held up in your body have all that air fall out of your body today and continue, and as you're think, breathing in deeply, think of that little seed that's there, and as it opens up and it comes up through the earth, and the sun is there each day pulling that sun or pulling that sprout out of the ground. And think of that as you pull in the oxygen, that the sun is there over your head pulling the air up through you. And as the sun goes down and the moon comes out and gives us a break from the hot sun during the day. That we let our air out of our body and we feel very at peace with ourselves as we let the air out of our lungs. And as you're breathing to the music today, think of peace, think of prosperity, think how you are enough. Let's just all say three times, I am enough. I am enough. I am I enough. I am enough. And let's just use that mantra for yourself as you listen to this beautiful music this morning, taking deep breaths and saying, I am enough. I 
Let us now take our arms and lift your right arm out, reaching to connect with the energy of those who are listening. As we meditate together as one force, as one being, feel the energy of those who are listening to this program and feel re-energized, transfusing the love from the universe that is going through your body to each and every person who is listening, lifting their doubts about their value and reaffirming that each is enough. As we move forward through this day and each day this week, let us know that we are enough to make a difference. No matter what we have or do not have, we are enough. Feel that energy going around the universe. And now reach out your left arm and close the circle. Feel the unity of spirit of each and every one of us feeling the excitement of this music, knowing that the music reflects life, reflects movement, reflects serenity, what can be, that we can stay at peace when we believe we are enough. Let us now encase this planet of earth in love from our energy whether there are two or hundreds of us we are enough to reflect love we are enough we can make a difference we can cause change Namaste to each of you. Namaste. Today it's interesting because Bob and I didn't get a chance to really talk much about our program, and yet both of us turned to Yogananda. And I'm going to let Bob talk about that in a moment and why it is that he felt moved to Yogananda. But before taking us to Yogananda, I would like to share... A, one of the Hazelton books, Each Day a New Beginning. And I would like to share the April 29, the passage. And in reading this passage, know the possessions take many forms. They take form of material things, and they also take the form of emotional attachments. And we would once again like to encourage any of you who would like to speak about today's topic to call in at 646 646- The April 29th passage for each day, a new beginning. Love between two people is such a precious thing. It is not a possession. I no no longer need to possess to complete myself. True love becomes my freedom. Angela L. Wozniak. Self-doubt fosters possessiveness. When we lack confidence in our own capabilities, when we fear we don't measure up as women, mothers, lovers, employees, we cling to old behavior, maybe to unhealthy habits, perhaps to another person. We can't find our completion in another person because that person changes and moves away from our center. Then we feel lost once again. Completion of the self accomplishes or accompanies our spiritual progress. As our awareness of the reality of our higher power's caring role is heightened, we find peace. We trust that we are becoming all that we need to be. We need only have faith in our connection to that higher power. We can let that faith possess us and will never need to possess someone else. God's love is ours every moment. Recognition is all that's asked of us. Acceptance of this ever-present love will make us whole and self-doubt will diminish. Clinging to other people traps us as much as them, and all growth is hampered, ours and theirs. Freedom to live, to grow, to experience my full capabilities is as close as my faith. I will cling only to that and discover the truth that's truly in my heart and the hearts of my loved ones. 
possessions, the need to possess and own and hold and attach, many times keep us from relaxing and believing that we are enough in the moment, just as we are, just as we are. No matter what we have done, no matter what we might do, we are loved. We are enough. Love loves us. So, Bob, why did you select Yogananda? Before I get to that, I just want to say that it, that passage really made me go back to what we were, made me think about what our topic is today, is naked and enough. And that's how we came into this world, is naked and without attachments, without commitments, without just as a blank slate, as they say. And, well, if we could just think about that every day and think about getting back to being naked and enough and being born and being a part of the light and being connected to God in the moment that we were born. And then all of a sudden we start, everybody starts putting conditions on you, starts putting clothes on you, starts making commitments for you. Start People start out a child's life many times by saying, oh, when they grow up, they're going to be this. And when they, um, you know, go to school, they're going to get straight A's or they're going to do, you know, we, we get those conditions slapped on us so quickly. Absolutely. Standards of conduct. Standards of being enough, I guess, huh? Exactly. Yep. Standards of being enough and not being told that we're enough. I don't think, I know I wasn't, I wasn't born or raised being told I was enough. It was always, you need to do more, you need to do more. And, and, and I guess that's okay to motivate people, but you also have to read people should be telling their children that they're enough the way that they are, that, you know, no matter what, what overcomes them or whatever happens in their life, that they're enough because that's a part of their life journey. And because God doesn't create trash. trash. Love doesn't create trash. Nope, sure doesn't. Not one piece. Well, not one piece of trash. Well, I guess I picked Yogananda because I decided before I left on Friday, at least I remembered this. I forgot to turn the water off, but I did remember to go and grab a couple things from my office. And last week I had pulled a a Buddha card, and I thought, oh, I'm going to pull a Buddha card that I'll read this week. And I was already carrying enough stuff, and I thought, well, I, you know, I always lean towards Yogananda anyway. And I had a little booklet that I had bought in Sedona that I hadn't read yet. One of he has a lot of little books that are, you know, yeah. thirty, forty pages, and they fit in your hand, and they're easy to carry around, and they're just great messages and great things to to ponder. And they're really easy read, but but you find that you read it over and over and over, and, and just many different things are revealed to you as you read them and meditate on them. So I grabbed a little booklet that's called Answered Prayers, and I I read I read through it, and I just really was drawn more to the end, which is not unlike me to pick up a book and kind of read the middle and the end, and then decide if I want to read the drama that comes up in a novel before before the middle and the end. So the book is about praying and there's and at the end of the book, the last part of it is a section called Follow the Rules of Prayer. And I I, I myself don't like the word rules, but in this, this context I think the word rule is is pertinent. And Yogananda says, the first rule in prayer is to approach God only with legitimate desires. The second is to pray for their fulfillment, not as a beggar, but as a son. I am thy child. Thou art my father. Thou and I are one. When you pray deeply and continuously, you will feel a great joy welling up in your heart. Don't be satisfied until that joy manifests. For when you feel that all-satisfying joy in your heart, you'll know that God has tuned in your prayer broadcast. Then pray to your Father, Lord, this is my need. I am willing to work for it. Please guide me and help me to have the right thoughts and to do the right things to bring about success. I will use my reason and work with determination, but guide thou my reason, will, and activity to the right thing that I should do. 
This is how I have always prayed. Now, as soon as I ask God about some undertaking, I know whether I should do it or not, and I know what steps I should and should not take. Be practical and earnest about prayer. Concentrate deeply on what you're praying. Before you seek a job or sign a contract or do anything important, think of that power. Think of it continuously. Take time out of sleep. Your mind is habituated to resting at night from the day's duties and keeps urging sleep. You must answer with all your divine power of will. Away with sleep. My engagement with God is more important. Then you will receive God's response. It really hit me this last, these these two rules, really. Too many times, I think, in our lives, we, we... we ask for things that we don't really need, but we want, which is which I think is fine. But I think <coughs> turning it around and asking for for to you know asking love to give to manifest the things that we really need and feeling that joy as you pray. I think a lot of times we we go into prayer and we sort of or maybe even kind of disgusted and it's almost. Uh, a mechanism, uh, a uh, defense mechanism to say, well, I just, you know, start talking with yourself or talking with God about what you would like. And sometimes it's for very selfish and, and for very selfish reasons or reasons that aren't very motivating to others around you. So I think by having, you know, making sure that we follow these two rules to only ask for legitimate desires and then to ask as a son, not as a beggar. And to make sure that as we pray that we are feeling that joy and feeling that what feeling the joy that an answered prayer will give us. I think it's very important. And that yes, we keep that engagement with God, which that's what Mary and I always say about our hour that we have on Sunday morning is it's our appointment with God or our appointment with love, with Yahweh, with Allah with Jehovah. And it is easy to say, you know what, I'm just too tired today, I'm not going to make it, or I have other things that are coming up, you know, that are that I feel are, are more important, but it's important to keep that appointment, keep that engagement, and keep that prayer, even if, you know, it means that you're going to miss a little bit of sleep because you take that time. I think we all just What's need to be reminded of that. Well, I think you're right, and I I don't know why, but I turn to Yogananda so often because, as I've told many of you many times, he's he's kind of like my master, and uh, it's interesting, and I don't mind that he has key, feet of clay. Um, and, you know, the same is kind of true with Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't mind if he has feet of clay. I don't mind if he was a human being, and it so interests me that people are so so fearful of allowing uh, their spiritual heroes to be human beings. And uh, I don't have that. And and I did find out something about Yogananda today, which is very interesting, possibly true, possibly not. And frankly, I don't care. But I do want to say something once again about how what you read kind of echoes in me in a different, slightly different way. And that's what it's all my, about with Yogananda is that it does echo differently with everyone and it's hitting you where it needs to hit you in your life journey now. Exactly. So and that's how it hits you. The way it is for me, and, and I don't know, I come back to this because I think that for many years, last week those of you who are listening heard me say that, Guy, the first time I pulled a card from any deck of any card that might have been spiritual, I was convinced that lightning was going to strike me dead and I was going to die forever because I was doing something different than had been preached to me at the, from the pulpit. And you need to know, folks, I started singing in a Christian choir when I was two years old. I came from very, very Christian roots, inordinately Christian roots, with a grandfather who was known in the community as a faith healer. And so that carried with it kind of a different connection to the other side. But 
over and over and over I get, I heard in the pulpit, from the pulpit, don't pray for things you want for yourself. Don't don't ask for things for yourself. And and so and and whether you call that self centered or self interested, it's the same message. And that's not what Bob and I are about. And yet it's something that echoes through our religious training. Is that fair for me to say, Bob? Oh, definitely. I think we always are are told from or I was the way the, the way that I was raised or what was preached from the pulpit was always to pray for others for good things to happen to mm-hmm. them and you know you, I guess deep down inside I always thought okay if I'm doing that then that means that someone else is praying for me hopefully <laughs> well hopefully that's so and that would be nice but folks it's okay Yogananda basically you're right Yogananda is saying here it's okay to pray for you just be sure exactly. you know what you want okay. and if if I can take that a little step further. For instance, my friends, if you are at the total end of your patience, you cannot stand to have one more day be between you and your ultimate desire. For heaven's sakes, don't pray for patience. <laughs> because what are you, <laughs> what right. are you going to get? You're, you're going to get patience yeah, and you're, you're going to just keep waiting and waiting and waiting. <laughs> exactly. Say it's time. I want a spotlight. Tell me what to do next. It's okay to ask for what you desire right now. Just know what it is, for heaven's sakes, folks. Don't worry about whether other people might view it as self-centered. For heaven's sakes, all you have control over is you. Just you. So pray for yourself. Believe that God values you enough to manifest those things that you desire in your life. Don't put yourself down. Remember, love others as you love yourself. They asked Jesus, what were the two most important commandments? Love God with your heart, your mind, and your soul. And love others as you love yourself. My friends, pray for yourself. God is waiting right there to step into your life. God is waiting to take your hand and lead you forward. God, love, is waiting to grip your heart and let you know how valuable you are. Love is stroking your shoulders as you're there in a time of distress, saying, remember me, I'm here You don't have to be alone. Let me show you the way. Let me take you out of this. Love is waiting, friends. That's not self-centered. That's opening your eyes to your value and to the wonder of you. It's okay to pray for yourself. Pray for yourself and do for others. That's the formula. That's the formula for success in life. Pray for yourself and do for others. How many people give grandiose prayers for other people but do not bother to reach out and do everything you do for someone else you do for yourself? Everything. But we excuse our inaction by saying, well, they were in my prayers on Sunday morning. Do. Do, do for others. Right. Do an act of compassion. Don't just compassion isn't just a word. It's it, you need to take action and exactly. Oh yeah, that's a lovely one. Compassion. We need to we need to make sure that we're we're actually acting upon it, not just thinking about it and praying about it. I think you know what Yogananda also said was that. You know, you're, and as you said, you know, don't pay, pray for patience. Pray for what it is that you want. And what may be is that in your meditation about or meditation or prayers that you'll you'll find what the next step is to get there. And praying for someone who's sick, it may be, you know, pick up the phone and give them a call. It'll make them feel better just to, to hear your voice and to talk to you. Or make them a pot of soup and take it to them. You know, just something. Or go something to the simple. nursing home like you and Mary Jane did when I was in Colorado. I was in total shock and dismay. 
<laughs> there I am in this acute care center, and there are my friends walking through the door. My gosh. Do. Do. You know, have to do what you can and to to take action instead of just, just praying sometimes. I think and it may be that in your prayers you you find what that action is that you need to do in order to move forward or in order to help someone else and help yourself. If you're praying for yourself or for someone else, the answers are there. It's it's asking for the answers and asking for the path to get there because I you know, as I've said before, I can I could pray and ask to lose weight, but if I keep eating chocolate cake at midnight it's not gonna happen. <laughs> mhm. No, so. this is true. This is true. And so it's so you, know, you know that it's like back might be stop eating chocolate cake at midnight. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I have this, and so I have a quote from Yogananda that says, um, basically, the pleasure of modern man is in getting more and more, and what happens to anyone else doesn't matter. But isn't it better to live simply without so many luxuries and fewer worries? There is no pleasure in driving yourself until you cannot enjoy what you have. The time will come when mankind will begin to get away from the consciousness of needing so many material things. More security and peace are found in a simple life. You know, it's um, it's amazing. I, I ran across just so many interesting uh, possession quotes. Nietzsche, possessions are generally diminished by possession. <laughs> Interesting, huh? I know. Yeah. Huh? The minute you, the yeah, minute you get it, you don't want it. Yeah. The peace pilgrim. If we could put material things into their proper place and use them without being attached to them, how much freer we would be. Then we wouldn't burden ourselves with things we don't need. Interesting. Remember that only that to which you have developed the attitude of ownership can be snatched away from you. Orman McGill, Ramana Maharashi. If a man's happiness is due to outer causes and external possession, then a man devoid of possession should have no happiness whatsoever. Does real experience show that is true? No, not. (laughs) You know, the moment you have a desire to possess something is the exact moment you enter into the first phase of enslavement. That's an anonymous right. person. Yogananda talks As about I, in, in this little book that he talks about um, that he used to pray for buildings. <clears throat> he said and he got to a point where he didn't pray for any more buildings because he got the buildings that he wanted, and mm-hmm. he said, you know, then it became then they became possessions, mm-hmm. and not not necessarily mm-hmm. they became possessions yes. for him, but that they, but then you know he 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 prayed for these things and then he got them and he realized, wow, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of work to be done when you have a building. Now I have to keep it maintained and now I have to do this and now I have to do that. So in the end, you know, he's like, Oh wow, look at how, what, you know, my prayer was answered, but maybe I should have thought about, thought about it a little bit more. (laughs) Exactly. He tells a story about about how he cried every month when the electricity bills came for all those buildings. It was right, like, how exactly. was he going to pay them? And he made it through the times, but, you know, it was they were tough times. And I, I love that I have a Confucius quote. Trying to satisfy one's desires with possessions is like putting out a fire with straw. So there's something inside of us. More and more possessions. Yeah, more possessions, more and more and more. I have two more, and I'll go to a Yogananda, and then I'll tell you the gossip. Whatever, wherever there, this is a Tibetan saying, whatever there be on the surface of the earth, property, gold, cattle, good health, none of these truly satisfy man. Tranquility arises from this understanding that it's something beyond. And Yogananda, the last Yogananda quote, possession of material riches without inner peace is like dying of thirst while bathing in a lake. If material poverty is to be avoided, spiritual poverty is to be abhorred. 
for it is spiritual poverty, not material lack, that lies at the core of all human suffering. Human suffering occurs, my friends, because we allow it to exist. In our own lives, we allow it to exist because we disconnect and begin the woe is me tapes, the negative tapes in our heads. We disconnect from love. We disconnect from believing that we are enough. We forget to ask, what lessons are there in this moment for me? We give up our peace for chaos. It's that simple. And then we engage in games of us and them based upon how many possessions we have, how full our larder is, and those who have the fullest larder are the most valuable. And therefore, we don't see the innate value in each and every human being. Right. We take the human out of it altogether. It's who has the most toys. Exactly. You know, the best toys, too. The most right. and the best. The most and the best. You know? and, exactly. and it really goes back to naked and enough. It's, it's going back to saying you are enough without possession. You are enough when you came into this world naked and unknowing and you are enough now without possessions don't don't fall into that trap exactly that's perfect the other day it's been a long time since i've had um someone look down at me and it was very interesting i happened to be in such a situation the other day and i i don't want to give specifics but um I was standing at the door, ringing the doorbell uh, to return uh, something that I had borrowed, and uh, the person who lived in the house was there, and it was not the person who had loaned it to me. And she came to the door, and she immediately began this whole judgment thing, you know. And I recognized the signs from a different time in my life when – because my family had very little. We were constantly, you know, needy and being judged because we had so little. And yet we also had everything we needed and had so much. We knew that, but others didn't because we weren't wearing the best clothes and so on. And this day I was very casually dressed, and I'm looking at this woman who's speaking to me with an affected voice and clearly judging me and and making statements that let me know I'm not enough. And I just thought, I send her good wishes. What a sad place to be that the only way you know you're enough is because you live in the right at the right address, you wear the right clothes and you drive the right car. Oh, 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 what if all those things suddenly disappeared? What if they all suddenly disappeared? It's what we carry inside of ourselves that matters. The um, scandal. I see we only have nine minutes left, so I should share this. It's what we carry inside that's enough. I have great, great faith in the message that Yogananda gave to us. And I don't care if he was celibate or he wasn't celibate. I don't care about such a thing any more than I care if Jesus was married to Mary Magdalena. It just doesn't matter to me. What about you, Bob? Do you care about those things? <laughs> well, what would it matter to me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who cares? It has nothing to do with me. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I think it's funny who cares? People make these, the, why are, yeah. I mean, why is it that all these people do care and make such a big deal out of it? And it's because they, because other people before them have you know, set a different expectation or set a different Perfect. rule around what things should be and why do we why do we act that way and react that way because someone somewhere decided that that's the way it should be and everybody fell for it. Exactly. It's like a delusion that you you gotta stop being human. You can't have sinful thoughts. My gosh, you can't like sex. <gasps> oh my gosh, I said that on the no. TV. Of course you can on the radio you can love sex. These things are relevant, folks. You're enough just right now, wherever you are, whatever you are. Whatever you <laughs> yeah, George exactly. Lopez, the message was last night was, you know, have as much sex as you can. 
Terrible. Absolutely. Enjoy it. Love it. You know, it's wonderful. So what happens is, as I'm on my way to finding these passages about Yogananda, I find out that there's this man out there. His name is Ben Erskine, and he may be Yogananda's son. And I have to tell you, when I look at the pictures of Yogananda and him, I see a family resemblance. I bet he is Yogananda's son. And do I care? Not one hill's beans. No, my God. Gosh, what a beautiful message Yogananda brought to this country. Why does he have to be celibate in order for that message to mean what it is? Who cares what he did in his life as a human being? You know, who cares if we made mistakes? You know, our feet are, are made of clay. We're in human form. We have human needs and desires. And I always say one of the, the, one of the glory of sex is it's free. It's one of God's pleasures he gave us for free. You don't have to pay for it. Unless you don't use uh, prophylactics and you have babies, then you're going to be paying for a lot of years. But aside (laughs) from that, aside aside from children, it's free. And so, my gosh, who cares, folks? And yet I found that going to that place and seeing that today and reading it, I did take the time to read it, was as meaningful as that topic, Naked But Enough, popping into my head. Folks. Yep, that's right. That's right. And, you know, it really goes you know, along with the card that I pulled for today, which is I'll, I'll yes, skip please. The, the, the definition of this, of this particular Buddha or what he represents for time's sake. But this is Vaishravana. And the meditation for it is be the same self to friend as to stranger in honor and dishonor, like and dislike, attraction and fear. It really just is very synchronous with everything that we've talked about today. Is you know, be mm-hmm. be yourself with everyone. Be yourself with yourself and with those you love and those that you don't know and those that you may not particularly care for at the moment. But be yourself with everyone and and it just makes you feel better, makes everyone around you feel better too. Absolutely. Everyone without without judgment. Without judgment, without need of acceptance, without wanting something from them, just believing that you are enough. Just the way you are, no matter what you've done, no matter whether somewhere, somehow, you have a child that no one knows about or you don't have a child. It's like you can't, you're still the same person. You're not more holy. And in fact, maybe you're not holy at all, but that's okay. You don't need to be holy, my friends. You don't need to be holy because you are enough. No matter what you have done, there have been times when you've given others a chance to to be the teachers, and there's been times when you have been the student, and frankly, or the teacher. And it comes around. It's circular. When you are the student, if you learn the lesson, then you are, in fact, becoming the teacher again. That's the cycle of life. Asking in each moment, what is there in this moment for me to learn? Now, today's topic, obviously, is about your being okay right here, right now. And I felt no better music could we play than the Quiet Mind Project that is named Already Here. My friends, you are already here. You've made it. Thank you all for being here. Go out this week and, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And remember to let love enfold you as you go about your week. Yes, peace be with you now and always. You are loved. For your mantra today as you're meditating, remember, I am loved. You are enough. We love you and we send you love. Thank you.